started a study, and I want to get this, and I'm going to take my time on this because it's a little bitty simple thing sometimes that we leave out and don't get down to where we are and just trying to impress, and I'm not trying to impress you, but I do want the Word of God to impress you, and I want God to show you what you need to be doing. And if we study the Word of God, we need to find out where we fit in every scripture that we read, never that we study. We can read the scriptures and look over and, and, and not pay much attention to it, and that's what happens to us in our life. And it won't do much good for us. But when we let the Word of God get a hold of it, we've got to get in the Word so that the Word can get in us. And until the Word gets in us, we're not going to be an effective soul winner nor an effective Christian. And uh, we won't be productive. And I want to be productive. I want what I, well, the rest of my days, I appreciate what God has given me in days past. I appreciate all the victories that God's given me, all the deliverances He's given me, all the open doors and the privileges I've had to do. But uh, until I finish the race, I want to do more and more. And I want to be, as I said, want to go found busy when the Lord comes. So let's go over to chapter 16 and verse 13 again. And I would just read a verse or two of it, but we'll read the whole thing again. It said, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, now notice who he's talking to, saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now, the book of Luke said that they say, or one of the prophets come back alive, or something of that nature. In verse 15, he said, He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Whom, whom say ye that I am? I mean, whom do you say? I mean, who? what do you say? Verse 16, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, Christ is the anointed one. So he's the anointed one of the Son. He's the anointed one of God the Father. So he recognized him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Notice where he's getting his revelation. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and i will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was jesus the christ now get in your mind and i hadn't said this before but get in your mind that these fellows these disciples or at, and they don't even realize it, at a transition period. All they've known is the law. All they've known is offering sacrifice. Now the Lord has told them to quit following the world and follow Him. He'd make them fishers of men. And now they, they've been following Him. He's told them uh, several times that He's going to die and rise again, but they pay no attention to that. Because their minds can't conceive it, nor can they comprehend it. And that's the reason they were so shocked. Because if they had really believed what he said in those three and a half years that he was going to 
die and be raised again, they would never have been sitting over a sorrowful. They'd have been at a tomb waiting for him to rise. And, uh, you know, the women had to come back and tell them that he is risen from the dead, that the door of the tomb's open, and he's not there. And they had to go check it out themselves. And even the Lord reminded them, I told you, and uh, you, didn't, you didn't grasp it. So the transition's fixing to take place. Law's fixing to go out of place. Grace is fixing to come in. Christ has not died. The blood's not been shed. The supreme sacrifice has not been given yet. But it's right at the verge of it. So you remember this. And the Lord is trying to tell them and get them set up for what's going to happen in today's future. What's going to happen is grace is fixing to come in. Grace is going to reign. The church is going to be established. And upon this rock, and uh, that's Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And upon this rock, he'll build his church. And that's what we were built on this morning. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not built on a man or a woman. It's not built on personalities. It's not built on people. It's not built on denominations. It's built upon Jesus Christ. And any church that deviates from that, any group of people that walks away from that thought, cannot and will not be blessed because God honors the church. Now, starting this study, I said that there's two things, and... God has instituted, one's the church and one is the home. He's put his hands on both of those. And if you mess with the home and you mess with the church, you're messing with God. And God will get the last word because it's laid out in the word of God. Now, I also started this study and I give you an outline. I'm going to go back to that outline. We're going to beat that in your head so that you'll know it. Number one, God loves the lost. Anybody that's unsaved, God loves them. He loves them with a different love than you love. I mean, you don't even know them, and God loves them, and He He knows them all. Amen. And it's easier to love those that you know than those that you don't know, even if they are lost. But God expects us to love the lost and pray for the lost. And we need to love them. First of all, God loves the lost. Secondly, God loves the saved. And he loves every born-again child of God. Now, sometimes we'll have differences of opinion. We'll have differences of ideas among the saints. And we'll have differences of opinion among the unbeliever as well. But God loves them regardless. And uh, love is not uh, associated with what we do or don't do. Amen. God loves the lost and God loves the saved. Amen. God loves the lost so much that He sent His only begotten Son to die for us on the cross of Calvary. And He's predicted that here in this verse or these verses. And so we find today that that's got to be established. And had God not loved the lost, you and I would still be on our way to hell. And no doubt already be there because He would not have died for us. But He did die uh, for all mankind when Christ died on the cross of Calvary. He died for all mankind, all lost people. He loved them so much. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. So that's there. Now that's facts that you can't change. Uh, you can argue with them, but I don't get nothing done. And you're, you're going to lose and argue. But God loves the lost. God loves the saved. And thirdly, uh, 
God loves the church. He loves the church and he established it. That's his property. The church is the property of God. Some Baptists, you know, think that they own it and uh, Pentecostals believe they own it and uh, Jehovah's Witness believe they own it and another crowd comes through and think they own it and sometimes we as individuals think we own it. But I'm here to tell you, Christ owns the church and he's the head of the church. Sometimes we try to be uh, in in leadership and leadership is fine. God puts people in leadership, but God is the head of the church. Amen. And so we're just the members of his body. We're members of his church and we're members of his family. And so that is what the church is. Church is ecclesia. Uh, the called out ones, that's the name of it. So we know that we're the called out ones. All who are saved are the church. Not will be, they are. And uh, every born again child of God is a part of the church. They're a body. Some may be the foot. Some may be the hand. Some may be the arm. Some may be the toe. Some may be the toenail. But I'll tell you right now, we are members of his body. Right? All of us. And we all have an active part. We all have a, have a, a, a part with, with each other. And we're all important. God loves one just as much. Let me ask you this. Uh, how many of you love your little toe? You don't think about it much, do you? But if you didn't have it, you'd know you loved it. You'd missed it. Amen. Yes, sir. And uh, if it starts hurting, uh, it w- wakes you up and lets you know it's there. Understand what I'm saying? And the let, you can pop your t- uh, fingernail off. And I'll guarantee you it'll throb and hurt for a while, and you know it's important. Yeah. Amen. And so it shows up. So all of us, when one hurts, all hurt. And so today we look at that, we are the church. So he loves the lost. He loves the saved, and he loves the church. And then I've made this as a fourth one, which is just kind of mute to, to a sense. God loves all who loves the lost, the saved, and the church. Amen. And if you love those three things like God does, uh, you're, you're on the, you're on top of the ladder. But most of us fail in number one, and we fail in number two, and we fail in number three. And all of us in this building don't love the lost like we ought to. All of us in this building don't love the saved like we ought to. And all in this building does not love the church like we ought to love the church. So we fail. We, we come short of the glory of God. And that's what we want to work on. That's what I want to do. I want to work on it. I want to, every day I get up now, since I started this study, every day I get up and I say, Lord, help me to help the lost today. Help me to help the saint and touch the, the hearts of the saint of God. Take time to do what you need to do with the saints of God. And take time to do what you can and will for the church. It's important. And those three things. And it don't make no difference about the rest of it. When we get into glory, it won't matter whether we drove a Ford or a Chevrolet. It won't make no difference whether we, uh, you know, had a dog or a cat. All that kind of stuff. It won't make a bit of difference. What we need to do today is, are we pleasing God and loving the lost, the saved, and the church? And that's where I want to be. So here's, and that's what the Lord is trying to get to Peter. Peter, uh, what do the, who, what do men say that, who do men say that I am? He said, some say Elias, some say John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said, but whom uh, say ye that I am? And he said, the Son, amen, the Son of the living God. He tells about that here. 
You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, last week, we majored and started back, and I've got the introduction out, and I'm, I'm hammering on that. I'm intending to... I'm not senile and old. Well, I am senile and old, but I'm not going back to try to... Uh, not because I can't remember what I said. I do remember what I, I mentioned. But I'm going back to you again and trying to say, I want this to sit in your mind. I want this to penetrate. I want this to stay down in there. I want you to know that you've been taught that. So we're going to back and look at it. And uh, first of all, we need to do all we can to love the lost. And I was telling the story about what happened uh, and how we are. Every church I've ever been in, we started some kind of evangelism program. I know churches in this community, not in this community, well, I guess it may be in the community. I don't know all of the churches and what all their makeup is and what they do. But there's a lot of Baptist churches today that don't even have missionaries. They don't support missions of any kind. And some of them will call themselves Missionary Baptist Church. And if you're a Missionary Baptist Church, then I guess you're supposed to believe in missionaries. And you see, we put on missionaries because missionaries can do what we can't do. We can send them to a foreign soil to preach to people, and we expect our missionaries to preach to people and win them to the Lord Jesus Christ and evangelize the gospel. Yet many times in our own churches where we're sitting, supporting missions, and sometimes they'll take that for granted and say, well, we got missionaries, we don't have to do nothing else. But that does not exempt you nor me on these pews in America that we don't have a job and because we've got missionaries. Our job is to win the lost. Amen. And that's what we want to do. And every church I've been in, we either started or tried to start, some we... Uh, failed in getting it going because they didn't want it. I found out a lot of churches have trouble visiting and uh, back when we could visit. Now you can't do it and things have changed and I realize that it's changed. And uh, then I noticed back down through the years too that many of them come to a place that the preacher's job was to go visit and witness and go see the people in the hospitals and and all that. And uh, you don't find that in the Word of God. They they put in people to to do that. So we're none of us exempt. The Bible said, "He that wins souls is wise." And uh, you can say it the other way, I guess, and uh, not change the scriptures. If you don't win souls, you're not too wise. I mean, we could make some bigger bigger words about that stupid or something, but we won't do it. Amen. Amen. But he that wins souls is wise. The Bible said if we win soul, we'll shine as the brightness or as the stars and so forth. So we need to have a job this morning. Know our job is to win souls. We started visitation, evangelism. I told you about preaching on the street, preaching uh, in, in uh, shopping centers, going to the jail, starting a jail ministry and so forth. And I believe it's up talking about how we got this ministry started. Now, this has been the longest-running ministry that we've had in any church because I've been here longer than any other place. And uh, we started evangelism, and uh, that was knocking on doors when we first started. It wasn't the track printing. And it was evangelism. And I drive up and down Habersham County and down in Tacoa and different places and, and even in other counties and uh, see places that we went in and witnessed and knocked on doors. And I told you about... Well, we was going down one side, and I had two chances at that. We knocked on every door in that area, 
Years passed, and I went back to that church. And when I went back the second time, we knocked on them doors again. I had a hankering and a hungering in my heart to go back there and knock on them doors again. I remember that in younger years. It's amazing how preachers can remember things in their younger years because in the younger years, uh, usually most of them preach that's when they've had it their best because the doors were open. Now doors have closed and I've seen, and we went back and next thing I know I'm knocking on them same doors and people are coming to the door that don't speak English. Uh, some of them are Muslims. Some of them are Buddhist. And uh, some of them are all kinds of different. And I, I, I could not, I could not talk to them. And put me back on my knees trying to figure out what they're talking about and, uh, you know, how that they believed. And you have to study some of their religions to be able to know what they're talking about. And, uh, so the second time around, people had done sold out, moved out, and these people moved in. And it was a, it was a, Big challenge on my heart. And uh, so things happen. So if you got an opportunity today, you better take that opportunity because that opportunity may not be there tomorrow. And if you can witness to somebody today, don't wait. Say, I'll do it later date. You may never have that opportunity. They may die. They may get killed. They may have an accident. Uh, they may move away. Your paths may never cross them again. And uh, you never know. So you need to do it when you can. That's what this he's saying is, and this is not a scripture term, but you make hay when the sun shines. And uh, now, now don't go out and say the preacher quoted that to the Bible. I didn't, but that's a proverb of man, and and it's true. You gotta you gotta take take uh, charge of the situation that's in front of you, and the opportunity that's in front of you. But we started that, and that's what it was. We came back. Into Habersham County, then we went to different counties. I can go to Cornelia and find places we went, and uh, we knocked on doors. We spent the biggest portion of the Saturday, well, three to four hours. Not that's not the biggest portion, but uh, three to four hours we would witness to people and knock on doors, bend to the doors, and they uh, had pistols behind their back. And uh, I remember one fellow knocked on trailer. You know, going down 365, you get on 365 headed to Gainesville, and just as you're going out of town, there's a trailer park, nice little trailer park over here on the right-hand side. We got in there, and there nice places in there. We went in there, and I went to the door, had my Bible in my hand, and a couple of fellows with me, and the fellow come to the door, and he said, what do y'all want? And I said, well, I'm Dennis Deals, pastor, and I want to talk to you about the Lord and come out witness to you. And he said, really? And I said, yeah. And he started said, what are you? I said, I'm a Baptist preacher. He said, okay, okay. And he listened. And he asked a question. I answered his question. In a few minutes, he said, pardon me just a minute. He said, I want to get rid of this pistol. And he got his hand out and laid it down on the side. He said, I didn't know who you were, what you were here for. And, he, and I thought, what? So we, uh, we face that. I don't want you to face today. It may not happen behind their back. It may happen in your face now, but... Uh, we've been to places like that, uh, been to different situations. Uh, one fellow was come to the door at Wayside Trailer Park. And uh, well, it was actually, actually up in town there, and right there where the Coca-Cola place is, right there behind it. You remember that little trailer park? I don't know if it's still there or not, but it was. And uh, 
I said to the fellow, I said, where do you go to church? He said, right up yonder, First Baptist Church. And I said, uh, yes, sir. Let me ask you a question. Have you been saved? He said, feller, I told you I go to that church right up there. I said, yes, sir, I know, but I want to ask you a question. Are you saved? He said, I'm a deacon at that Baptist church right up there. I said, sir, I want to ask you a question one more time. Have you been saved? And he said, get out of here. Get on down the road. You run me off. But I was wanting to know the truth. I mean, you can be a church member and a deacon, a preacher. Amen. Amen. Wear halos and shout all the time. Still die and go to hell. And I wanted to know. And so we've seen that. We've been, you remember the little trailer, remember the little going down to Demarest? This side of Demarest right there at the top, they built them uh, uh, housing, pro- no, I guess it's uh, apartments right there at the apartments, top of the hills before you turn the curve and go down uh, into Demarest. You know, you know what I'm talking about right there in Demarest? We went in there, and they run us out. We went down there passing out tracks and knocking on doors. The fellow come out and said, what are you all doing? I said, we're witnessing for the Lord and passing out literature. He said, didn't you see the sign? Get out of here. He said, no soliciting. I said, we're not soliciting. We're uh, uh, presenting the gospel. He said, the sign said, get out of here. He said, the sign says, uh, no soliciting. Get out of here. And we did. Run us all. Every time I drive by there, I think, hey, there's four or five we got to talk to before he got us out of there. Amen. Tacoa, we went down to Tacoa. Then they was doing the same thing in them little places. And we go into the back alley. And when I say we go in the back way, get to the lower end first and work our way out. We learned a little bit. And you can get most of them before you get outside, before they find you and run you on out. And uh, we've been chased out of some places. Now that's, but we was in evangelism. And that, those are the things that you have to put up with. The disciples had that. Paul and all them went into places and they didn't like them. They run them out, put them in jail, beat them sometimes. And uh, so evangelism, I'm not up here tooting my horn or bragging. I ain't doing that. I have told you that last week. I'm not doing that. I feel like I'm one of the least of what God could bless. But I want to tell you, I've enjoyed this business. And I've, I've loved the loss. That's one thing I've loved the loss. Not like Christ. Not like I should at this even this present time. But I still love to try to win the loss to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I know what the grace of God can do for them. It can do for me. It did it. And I praise God for it. And I've got something to tell. And it's worth telling. Isn't it worth telling? Praise God, it's worth telling. I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. So I appreciate that. So we started evangelism, and then we got literature problems, and uh, we get literature, and it wouldn't be King James, and uh, we was having to sort it out and uh, throw out half of it, and uh, then you could, hey, we was having a hard time finding So we decided we'd just try to print, and I asked a fellow in and Doraville down that was printing before I said, would you give us, would you help us in printing some literature for us? And he said, well, you ought to print it yourself. And he hum hawed around and finally said, well, just say you a printing press. And he come up with the idea of it. And, uh, I don't know. I just guess I was crazy and just jumped on it. And we bought one for $800. We raised the money here in, in a week's time and, uh, bought that press and put it in there. And, Tried to figure out how to get it to run him. Didn't know too much about anything. Didn't know it at all what it was. 
And uh, so we started running that printing press, and we began to run that printing press. God began to help us and give us the give us the literature, and we started passing it out. So we passed it out everywhere. Then we didn't have to worry about the wrong kind of literature. Amen. I, I when you when you're dealing with literature in the Bible, you want to deal with the right kind. So I'm saying this this morning that God wants us to win the lost. And the old song is win the lost at any cost. So every church needs some kind of evangelistic uh, or evangelism program. And now God moved us into the printing, and that's what we're doing, and we're reaching the world. And then through preaching on the Internet, we're around the world. I never have been able to be a missionary. I've always wanted to be a missionary. I'm an old fella now. It'd be hard to go in the mission field. Yet I know some that's been as old as me went. And uh, they're doing it. And if God said to, we'd have to. But down through the years, I I always wanted to be a missionary. But God reminded me that we are a missionary where we are. And uh, so the Lord has allowed me. I've never preached in any foreign country except Israel. I preached over there one day. Amen. We went to the Holy Land. I preached over there. I've preached in Israel. And uh, that's pretty good. How many of y'all preached in Israel? I hadn't. But one time. And enjoyed it, but I've never, I preached in a lot of the states around here in the south, but now God's allowed us to preach around the world, and I appreciate that. 24-7, we're able to preach around the world, right here from this pulpit. And I do praise the Lord God for allowing that to happen. And that's evangelism. We get reports, uh, all the time. We got a little letter today, Troy brought it to me, about a, uh, it's early Christmas card. And I said that they're a little early with it, but they wanted to tell us they appreciated us and uh, thank God for it and sent the church $20. And I appreciate that. And I give that to Troy. So I do give God the praise, the glory, and the honor for the privilege of being able to preach around the world and to the different people upon it. So we're trying to evangelize. Then God opened up the literature down here. We never charged a penny for anything that we give away, give it all away. And I was glad that the doors got opened again Tuesday. For the ladies to come and work. So now here's my outline. I'm going to go back with it again. I want to beat this in your head. Three weeks in a row now I've been on this subject. Number one, God loves the lost. There's not a person on the face of the earth that God don't love. He loves the lost. I don't care how mean. I don't care how wicked they are. I don't care how ungodly they have become. God loves them. Loved them so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for them on the cross of Calvary. Right? right. He's proved his love for the lost. Amen. Now, there's not a person that God don't love. There's pre- people that you don't love. You couldn't love them because you don't know them. Right. Amen. But God knows them all. And I appreciate that. Then God loves the saved. If you're born again today, God loves you. Amen. And God loves you with a holy love. Here's the thing about it is, and I've said this for many years, walking up and down the paths uh, for the Lord, I want to tell you, God don't love me any more than he loves you. But thank God he don't love you any more than he loves me. And thank God for this. God could not love me any more than he loves me, and he could not love you any more than he loves you. Amen. If he could, he wouldn't be God. Amen. God loves us with a holy love and the same amount of love. Now you said, look like God loves some. Well, God, there's a difference between blessings and loving. Now, 
my children, I've had three children, still got them. And uh, I start to say unfortunately, but I ain't going to say that because God might take one of them and I don't want that. I just be, I, I'm not going to cut up and kid about that. But I want to say this. I love my children and I love them all the same. And it's not what they do. Every one of them, all three of them, have not done everything I've wanted them to do and haven't turned out like I wanted them to turn out. Now, if yours did, glory to God. And I'd like for, to talk to you. It's too late for me now, but I would like for you to tell me how that happened. But uh, I want to say this, uh, that I love them. And one of them would say, I hope, I hope you still love me after what I've done. And I, I look at, look, love is not what you do. That, that is something that's just bonded there. And if you're, if you're loving your children according to how they act and how they live, and what they've done and what they don't do, then you don't have the holy love that God has. Because see, God don't, when I, when I step out of line, and I, and I do, and everybody in this building does, when I step out of line, God don't drop or diminish His love for me. It's still the same. He loves me the same. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I, I say thank God too. I like that. And uh, God don't diminish His love toward us for what? So that's difference. God loves the lost. God loves the saved. And God loves the church. Those three things. And those three things make it all operate. Because He instituted the church. And He set up the church. And then God loves and blesses. I still should say bless it maybe. Uh, God blesses. Those who love the lost, love the saved, and love the church. And if you want to be on the good side of God, you love them. And I'm not talking about loving them to, to get the good honor of God, but love them from your heart. Yeah. If you love the lost, if you love the lost, it deals with what I've been talking about this morning. If you love the lost, you do all you can to get the lost to Christ. Amen? Yeah. I believe that with all my heart. So I'm going to stop right there. And get ready for next week. And we're going to keep hammering on this. And I don't know how long I'm going to be on it. I'm not going to tell you. Because I don't know. But we're going to do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to repeat this so much. That you're going to have it for breakfast and dinner. And you're going to know. And we're not going to skip over. I've skipped over a lot of things. But we're going to pound this into your heart. And pray that God will help us. Because it's true. God loves the lost, God loves the saved, God loves the church, and God will bless that and it loves the lost, bless that and it loves the saved, and bless that and it loves the church. Amen? Now you got that fixed, ain't you? Amen. We'll see how much it stays for next week. Alright? God bless you. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for the privilege of prayer, being able to call on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that the doors of heaven, heaven are always open to us. Now touch our service, the remainder of it. May the Lord Jesus be exalted and lifted in our service today. Touch hearts and lives. May those who are not right with you touch, be touched and give their life and heart to you. May the glory of God ring out. May the souls of men praise you and lift you up and exalt you. You said, if I be lifted up, I draw men unto me. Lord, may we lift you wherever we are, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, through Sunday. Lord, all the way through, as we start this brand new week, may we lift and exalt the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Get ready for worship.